fail so much. I fail so much. And like, it still stings to this day. I started when I was nine years old. It, 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 it's just, I just take blows to the face. Bah, bah, bah. But because I come from a background of boxing, behind me is Muhammad Ali. I know that you need to give the big punches, you need to take a lot of punches. took me some time to think about all the questions that I want to ask you and how I can condense them. But obviously introducing you, you're an actor, you're an activist, you're an MC, you've done so many different things as well. I really love the way that you use the platform. I know that my partner and I speak about it all the time. And I think this just leads me to the first question is that your platform you use, it's quite outspoken. So have you always been that outspoken? And What's given you the courage to be so outspoken and very much unapologetically you? Um, I think I was raised by a very outspoken woman. My mother was a principal for 35 years. And I was put up in a household that was always saying, respect respect people, but don't let them walk all over you. And uh, if you see an injustice, you must speak up. And that's, that's how I live. And uh, um, people disagreeing with me. You know, it's none of my business and people's opinions. If they differ to mine, you know, it's, it's you're allowed to have your own difference in opinions. On your platform, you push the gender norms quite a lot. So what inspired you to push the gender norms? You know, traditionally looking at pole dancing, it's seen as something feminine and then also dressing up in drag and coming up with Savannah. Mm. You know, I see, I see I get a lot of credit for that. I really, I just do what I want to do. I really, I do what I want to do. Um, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, if you if you disagree with my choices, then that's you know that's that's your thing. I was raised in a house that you could do what you wanted to do as long as you weren't hurting people, and just be able to explore. I'm I'm exploring who I am and what I do. I'm not necessarily exploring my sexuality because I don't think anything that I do actually has anything to do with sexuality. I think the world has made it that. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't think. Wearing heels makes you any less of a man or putting makeup makes you any less of a man. I just like, I don't know, like I'm one of the most masculine men I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I've just got these things that I do that are perceived as non-masculine, which is really none of my business, really. What What made you decide to really try out the drag scene? I stuck inside during COVID for a while, quite a long time during COVID. And... I was just like, I've always been quite like intrigued by drag and intrigued by all these things. And I, I did a project going around interviewing people in things that are quite predominantly feminine. So I did mm. like interviewed uh, ballet dancers. I interviewed and tried ballet. I interviewed, tried pole dancing and drag and I absolutely fell in love with it. And if I, if I like something, I do it. Um, I've got, you know what I mean? I, and that's what I, I just put in my head down and put the hard work and, I wish I'd started earlier and I wish I, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and now I just, I'm just trying to play catch up and learn as much as possible of two crafts. Yeah. And you've actually entered a pole dancing competition. Are you going to yes, enter won, another one? I've won, I've, I've won two competitions already. Oh, wow. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to enter Worlds next year, doubles for Worlds. Amazing. Yeah. Is this with Siren Pole? Uh, yeah, with Siren, yes. Yes, yes. yes amazing. She's, she's my, uh, my partner and she's my friend, yeah. That's awesome. So speaking about, you know, you using your platform, you also speak out quite a bit about gender-based violence. And I know that you also founded Menstration Foundation. So mm -hmm. first off, uh, this will be a two-part question. 
what inspired you to start Menstruation Foundation? I see that you've also capitalized M-E-N, men, in menstruation. Um, I'm a man uh, and I've always, you know, been, you know, I was raised in a household with women. So pads, tampons are always readily available. And then one day I, I saw a woman on the side of the road and then I put a, a Facebook status about what do women do on the side of the road about, uh, during the time of their month? Mm. Um, and then it just exploded. And then I started doing parasitic pad drives. And then after that was just not sustainable. I wanted to try and find a sustainable option. I opened up a sanitary pad uh, foundation with a, a, a guy called Maurice Bosson. He is the, the the hands on the ground doing all the hard work. I'm the face, the marketing, and the money guy who brings in the money. And we do we literally uh, on about over forty five thousand women every single month. Wow. We hand out an average of about half a million sanitary pads every single month, uh, and we've saved about a one point two million school days uh, for young girls uh, across the country, uh, Southern Africa. I just feel like it's not a, a man issue. It's not a woman's issue. Mm. It's a humanity issue. Uh, I don't like injustices. I think a lot of people think I'm I'm pro women's rights. It's not actually I'm pro women's rights. I'm pro human rights. Yeah. And for me, women's rights are being infringed upon, which are human rights. So actually, I'm not pro women's rights. I'm pro human rights. Yeah. Uh, and, and when when women reach pure equality with equity and equality, then you don't need a guy like me. You know what I mean? I, for, if you're listening to this. And no way am I claiming to be a perfect man. Nothing close to it. Am I a feminist? I don't know if I am. Um, I, what I know is that I'm against I'm against inequalities and I'm pro-human rights. So if people are being marginalized, then I will fight. Yeah. Um, if I see if I'm walking down the alley and three men are busy bullying one man, I'm going head first. Do I have potential to get beaten up? Yes. Do I have potential to die? Yes. Am I willing to die? Yes, I am. I, I'm all about fighting marginalization and, and injustices. That's me. So speaking of fighting, you know, injustices and marginalization, you also speak out quite a lot about gender-based violence. Is this, do you think that was influenced because of the household you grew up in? Um, you know, being surrounded by a lot of women and then seeing these injustices happen. And I know GBV is a huge issue in South Africa as well. You know, um, no, there was never GBV in my household. Um, but I don't believe we have a GBV from in this country. I believe we have an an innate violence problem, mm. um, and I think a lot of people tend to put those separately. Like mm. many more men die in South Africa than women die, right, in the hands of men, right? Yes. Uh, so innately we have a violence problem in society, in South African society, and I think a lot of people think that because papers make it sound like more women are killed by men, but no, actually more men die in the mm. hands of men. So in other words, if you're a woman or a child, or a, uh, they're going to kill you one way or the other, or they're going to hurt you one way or the other. And I think we need to address more about the violence problem that we have. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time with GBV. And I think I think we have a terrible, terrible violence problem in this country. Uh, I think I would like, we speak fluent violence in this country. And, and that's me as a man speaking. I can feel I have violence running through my veins. And, and it's continuously trying to be able to understand why am I so violent and why do I act with my fists or in, in aggression? Um, but I, I was raised by a very strong woman and no one messed with my mother. 
everyone feared my mother and I was raised by that kind of woman and she, she raised me to stand up for for injustices um no matter what it is if it's people in uh, infringing on the queer community uh upon kids upon women upon men I hate injustices uh we have a problem in this country we have a violence problem and it trickles down to the and the most vulnerable which are women and children yeah. And what do you think would be, you know, a small step in the right direction to start addressing these issues? I mean, you use your platform. Do you think we need to bring more people to the table or do we have to use all our voices together to go to the government or where where do you think it kind of all starts? Uh, Black South African, Black South Africans, six out of 10 birth certificates in South Africa don't have a father. Six out of 10. Uh, which is 60%. Uh, I think we need to hold men accountable, uh, to take care of their kids, to be present. Uh, we have many broken homes in this country. Um, I think for me, uh, from a young age, I played sport. Uh, some of my biggest influences is sport. Uh, I did scouts as a kid, big influence of mine. Um, and I was held accountable from a very early age. Am I perfect? No. Am I flawed? Very. Um, I just, I feel like things like the army, things like um, scouts, uh, things like uh, boy programs. I, I think young boys need places, safe spaces. I don't think there's mm. enough safe spaces for young boys. And when I say safe, I don't mean safe in, in, in a physical sense. I mean that they can talk, that they can allow to be um, boys and men. Um, as, soon as, a young, as soon as a famous person cries, they become a meme if you're a man. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you wonder why men don't cry. Yeah. Uh, as soon as a man shows emotion, they become a meme. Or that's why men don't show emotion because we've been taught that we can't cry. And when we do cry, when we show emotion, then we get we get ridiculed. Um, I just feel like we got to. I think we got to realize that we have a problem. It needs to be addressed, and I think it's a community, uh, societal things need to change. Um, we're going to be consistent about it we're going to hold ourselves and our friends accountable continuously and another thing that i don't think enough people talk about is that i think people think that patriarchy is only perpetuated by men i think patriarchy yeah, is perpetuated by women entirely mm. which is a conversation women don't want to have unfortunately so like even if someone's listening here i think they're going to attack me in the comments <laughs> but, but but patriarchy is perpetuated by women i think we all as a, as a society we need to mm. change and I don't think we're, we're talking about those conversations enough about how societal changes and norms need to be dismantled and rebuilt again. But I think I think we all know that's not really going to happen. So off the back of that, what do you think could be done to get more men to speak out in the way that you are, you know, to, and to feel comfortable to speak to not just women, you know, if they're feeling vulnerable or they're wanting to have those kind of difficult conversations about patriarchy or gender-based violence or menstrual poverty. What do you think would be the best step for men to be able to talk to other men about this as well? Mm, I think safe spaces are needed. Um, I think spaces that men, because I think men do know there's a problem. Mm. I, 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 they really, really, they, they do. Um, I think some of them. I think we. I, I personally feel like we got to simplify the fight. We got to drop the big words, um, simplify it, really down to its bare necessities of what this is. What is consent? Mm. If you walk down the road and you ask ten men what patriarchy means, I promise you, most of them wouldn't know what the fuck that word means, <laughs> right? Mm. But if you ask women, oh, they'll break it down. Yeah. But who is the person that needs to know what patriarchy is? 
Then you've got to let men know as well. You know what I mean? So we've got to simplify the words. Um, we've got to go back to basics. We've got to have GBV and violence. Uh, all those conversations had at school, primary school. Um, we've got to um, change the education system about how mm. things are done. When they're talking about female body parts and menstruation and all that kind of stuff, the boys must stay in the room as they're talking about them. Include the boys in the conversation. Um, and another thing, men and women are different. I think we've just got, let's be truthful. We're not yeah. the same. Biologically, so we are very different. different. <laughs> very different. And I think there are certain ways that you have to be able to speak to a man that you can't speak to a woman about. Not, not about, but a certain way. I think a lot of us, for example, I don't think women are the answer to fixing this problem. Mm. I think the only way you can change men's mindset is from another man mm. imparting knowledge. And I think that's the most important way. And then we're just going to try continuously push away and chip away at the system. Because let's be truthfully honest, remember about three, about five years ago, how militant women on on social media how mm. it was me too but it was quite like but could you feel it's slowly coming down it's slowly mm. coming down and then again something's gonna happen it's gonna, it's gonna go into waves but we need to keep the fight consistent consistent authentic real and just plow away continuously we can't go like this mm. we, it, it's got to be consistent you're actually the first male guest that I've had on the podcast. Um, it's always been women before. I just find women are more comfortable being vulnerable, talking about these types of things as opposed to men. Um, you know, I think the thing is with, I, I, came, like I spoke to the young ladies yesterday and they're like, they're struggling to find a boyfriend. And I said, it's so interesting how we want men to be these vulnerable creatures, but then you don't realize that men are scared to approach. Mm. You know what I mean? We say men are broken but no one wants to let them have a shoulder to cry on. You know what I mean? Like, what do you expect? Yeah. What do you expect? You know what I mean? Like, for me, I, I, I'm privileged when it comes to, I've created a platform, I've created a world where I can be this guy. You know what I mean? It, it comes at a price. You know, there's brands who won't pay, who won't work with me because I'm this guy. But then the others who, who, who like love me being this guy. But I just think, I just think people just need to let men be the men that they have the potential to become, but then stop giving them mixed messages about you need to be you need to be soft. Oh no, I'm sick and tired of men. They're not they're not they're not soft enough. They're not hard enough. And then like, men just like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do? So um, I just think I just think we just got to find a balance in communicating. I think I think men are scared. I think women are scared, um, uh, and men don't know where they stand anymore. And women are like, okay, cool. I, I want a sensitive man, but I still want him to be strong, and I want mm. I want him to be assertive. And I mean, like, okay, what? How assertive must I be? And then, and then you meet a woman one day was like, "You're a place of mine." You're like, "Oh, I've never been asked this before." And you're like, uh, uh, "Can I?" And then you say this to another woman, and she's like, "Oh." So it's just, I wish you guys could be in our WhatsApp groups as men. <laughs> I wish you could see the things men are saying, and I think men are lost. Mm. Men are very lost. I read a book by Brené Brown called um, Daring Greatly, and she talks about shame and vulnerability. And it, it reminded me a lot of this failure topic as well, because how men and women perceive shame is very different. Women is very body image associated. So it's mm -hmm. all about image, how they look and how they present. Mm -hmm. And then men, it's about their, it's, it's that same 
issue what you were saying is that they don't feel man enough they can't show emotion they have to mm. be the strong pillar the one that's unmoving mm. that can do everything get everything done and mm. we don't realize also that for men it is very scary and shameful to approach women because if you get rejected it's like well I'm not man enough and it's always that questioning mm. of manhood so what mm. can women do then to make men feel maybe more comfortable to be able to express their vulnerability as well yeah that's a difficult one i don't have the, all, all the answers um but i just feel like they need to feel safe as well i think i think women feel unsafe and we know about that physically you, you guys are really getting hurt left and center like in danger but like i i spent the i spent the last this weekend with three thousand women fifteen thousand uh uh fifteen uh one thousand five hundred one day one thousand five hundred and this was just a spark because men were the minority. Like there were none of us there. I was just working. Every other man was working. And I could just feel that women were just thriving. They felt safe. They've been feeling intimidated. It was, it was their world, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I had my guy friends here, they would see how women act amongst themselves mm -hmm. and how that would be the safest place to actually approach women, mm -hmm. right? And you realize that actually we're, us men, are part of the problem. I always say that at the event. Is that we are part of this problem. So we, I don't even think we know how to make women feel safe around us. Mm -hmm. I think it's a communication thing between the two of us. And another yeah. thing, I'll give you an example. So, um, so women want, for example, I was giving an example of how we do things differently. For example, so this is a huge cancel culture about canceling out loud, yes, right? Yeah. But men come from like a, a pack environment of hunting. So like, they were hunting animals and then they were all together in like little packs. When another guy, a guy fucks up, right? They won't scream in and shout at him. They'll come to him and go, hey, buddy, you messed up there. Can you fix that? Right? Because we could have caught that mammoth, but you messed up there. Cool, guys. In rugby, you drop the ball, right? No, no guy's going to scream at you. They're going to come to you and go, hey, buddy, fix it, man. Fist pump, fist pump, fist pump. But it's interesting now, the communication. So now the, the online wants us to cancel each other out loud, but instinctively men want to talk to each other one by one, right? And it's interesting how we all communicate differently and we all do things differently because we're different. Yeah. The same as black people and white people. You know what I mean? White people do things differently, black people do things differently. But everyone's always preaching about Rainbow Nation, we're all the same. Bullshit, we're different, <laughs> you know? We're going to talk about our differences and celebrate them. It's yeah. like men and women, you know what I mean? I am stronger than you. I might not even, I don't even, I don't have to be there in the room to tell you I'm categorically stronger than you, mm. right? I don't need anyone to tell, you know, I don't need to meet you to tell you that. And we're different that way. I just feel like we just got to go back to basics. I think mm. we'll go back to basics. I do feel like we need our own rooms as well. I, I do think we need men, all men rooms. Mm. I, mean, I think we need to be, go to the therapy as men. I think we need to talk to people more. And then not only go to people who we know will get the answers we want from, but people who will give us the hard answers. Mm. Um, but I, I think men and women need safe spaces that they can be themselves. Yeah. And so what, speaking of cancel culture, what is your opinion on cancel culture? Because if I see a man abusing a woman and there's proof, I put it straight on my platform. Mm. I, I, I feel like it's bullshit and people need to be exposed. Um, I don't know. I feel like some, can, some, count, some cases people need to be canceled. Mm. I, I really think they do. And some cases, people need to be spoken to and people can come back from it, you know? Uh, I promise you, that I'm sure there's many men out there who hate my guts and they want to kill me because I was able to, they beat up a woman, not once, not twice, but three times, and I put them on their platform and they lost everything, mm. right? 
I think I think that's deserved. Yeah. But I don't think every single thing needs cancel culture. Uh, but I think what cancel culture is doing is that it's stopping people from being truthful and really sharing their views. Mm. So a lot of people are muting themselves and, and really editing themselves. So we're losing a lot of authenticity and realness. Yeah. Uh, for me, if you listen to this, if you want to cancel me, cancel the fuck away. I'll rise again. Yeah. It, it takes me back to what you were saying, where having safe space rooms, as soon as you start implementing cancel culture, like you're saying, it takes away from that authenticity, takes away from also difference of opinions. We're all different. You and I are different. We have different opinions. We have different lived experiences. But then now, as soon as you start canceling, like you're saying, people are getting muted. So then it makes yeah. it, I think, that much harder as well for us all then to be able to come together and actually have a conversation about how can we remedy yeah. this or what can we do? What actions can mm. we put in place coming forward? So I once went to like the circle, right? And it was supposed to be like a safe space circle, right? Just men. But then we had like three women join and one of the women had been raped before. Mm. And you saw the dynamic of the circle changed because it was just supposed to be a man circle, but then you brought in women into it and then it became different. It became a different thing. And you could see the men starting to like hold back from having or sharing their opinions mm. um, because they were worried about what someone else was going to say or kind of a thing. And, and you just see how it starts muting and editing. Mm. But I do think some spaces need to be just men mm. and some need to be just women and some need to have a mixture and a balanced mixture and someone who's very skilled at, at being able to 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 run this these conversations uh, a lot of the times, but when it comes to young kids being educated about menstruation, uh, sexual harassment, GBV, it should be all one boys and girls. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you mentor anyone, or do, have you had a mentor before? Do you believe that will also maybe help? with the, like you're saying, safe spaces for men as well? Because I know there is an organization, I think, in, I um, think it's boys, Google Later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, for me, I think there's a lot of people who I am their mentor. Um, uh, you know what I mean? And for me, I don't have the time to be able to go, I'll meet you every Wednesday. But the young ones know, pick up the phone, meet up for lunch with serve, chat, share knowledge. I, I wouldn't be nowhere if it wasn't for the people who mentored me, the people who believed in me, the people who took risks on me. Um, I think for me, with the, with the days of video calls, there's no reason why people can't spend their time video calling young boys and young girls and sharing knowledge and parting knowledge. I feel like when I was younger, there were, we had more heroes. Mm. Uh, we had more heroes. But now it's difficult to have heroes because a, a year later you find out that they, they've done something wrong because they, we have so, so much access to their lives like you might be watching this now and you know i might inspire you but in a year's time i'm, I'm gonna make a mistake in two years or three years before so i will fail i will fall but i will always rise uh i i won't i i will always rise but for me when they try to bury you just be a seed you know what i mean you can stay there you'll stay there for a little while but be able to grow and, and become that tree that you have all the potential to become as I've mentioned to you, the podcast is about failure. And I know that as an actor, you encounter rejections, which could be considered as failures. And you've also spoken about this on your page. So as an actor, how do you view failure? Mm -hmm. I fail so much. I fail so much. And like, 
it still stings to this day. I started when I was nine years old. It, 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 it's just, I just take blows to the face. Bah, bah, bah. But because I come from a background of boxing, and behind me is Muhammad Ali. I know that you need to give the big punches, you need to take a lot of punches. Mm. No boxer goes his entire career without getting one punch landed on him. For you to give a punch, you must receive a punch, you know? And that's how I see it. I, I don't think every time I fail, I don't look at myself as less of an actor or less of a performer or, or less successful. I just know that failure is part of it. And unfortunately, we've been taught that failure is bad growing mm. up. But for me, it's, it's a lesson. It still hurts. I got to regather myself. I got to get inspired. But just last week, I missed out on the job. And, this, and then today, the job I missed out on is busy having a script reading today that I had to see them, the person who got the job. Then I had to be like, okay, cool. He was better for that job for me. No, yes. Yes, he was. Is he a better actor than me? Yes, he is. Does he have a good look for the one? Yes, he does. Was I the guy for the part? No, I wasn't. And we move on. But then it's going to come out in a year. It's going to sting again. It's mm. part of it. You got to use it to be able to inspire, to be able to motivate you. But inspiration, motivation is nothing. What is needed is discipline. What we need is consistency. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's consistency and it's discipline. I feel like I have so many other questions I want to ask, but we have we're on a bit of a time limit. So I'm going to move to Go the next segment called the ABCs of your career. So starting with A, what was a Oprah Winfrey aha affluent amazing moment for you? Fail hard fail hard and what they think of you has got nothing to do with you when i started realizing that their opinions have got nothing to do with me magic and b what was a business blunder turned to blessing um i was always very bad with money no i didn't spend a lot of it i just didn't know how to arrange it or work with it and throughout the lessons i've developed some very good habits with money uh because obviously you know that when you make mistakes when you have money they're, they're less as problematic as when you have less money so just be able to be better with money. And see, what was a comical cinematic cock-up moment for you? Um, cock-up. <laughs> um, I think, what, what did I say? Cock-up, like really mistake. Um, I think I thought I was good. I thought I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. But I knew that I needed to fail as much as possible. So I was all, I'm always cocking up. I'm, I'm cooking up right now. I'm, I mean, in my career right now, I'm making mistakes right now that in 10 years, I'm going to look back and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Just plow away. So I'm always willing to be able to, to make a fool of myself to be able to be great a little bit later. And what's on the cards next for, for you, Sivan Gacy? I, I unapologetically believe I'm one of the most talented, versatile performers this country's ever seen. I'm still on foundation stage. I still think people don't know how to place me. I think they are confused people. I think, you know, they... Like yesterday, I was emceeing full Dan gigantic eight-inch heels, and I think people don't know how to place me. Well, one thing they can tell, one thing they can tell is that there's something about this guy, or I don't like him, or I like him, or I love him. You know, what I mean, there's, I'm like I'm like caviar, sushi, and intestines. You don't <laughs> you don't not mind that stuff. You either hate them or you love them. Um, and for me, I, I I'm busy uh, putting together a one-man show dedicated to my mother's death and my morning process called Good Mommy's Boy. I have a new TV series coming out in the year. I have a new film, going to some festivals, traveling around the world. Um, I just want, I want to, I want to be uncomfortable. I don't, I don't ever want to be comfortable. I just want to continuously plow away and challenge myself and fail hard and fall and pick myself up and, and make sure there's people out there who look at me 
and go, I pushed on and he inspired me to push on. And when I'm having a bad day, I, I switch on my social media and Siv inspires me to push on and to keep on going. Um, I, I don't want to succeed alone and I want to be able to be a ladder to help many other people go up with me. Amazing. So we're going to move to the quick fire questions. So just first thing that comes yeah. to your head, it can be a sentence or just one word. Uh, but what is something you do daily without question? Plan. Do you make like a to-do list every day? I always have a um, uh, uh, notes on my phone and I always jot things down. What is your go-to hype song? I love um, Pavarotti, um, Nostradamus. And what is a book that you would highly recommend? Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, I do enjoy Malcolm Gladwell as well. What is the worst advice you've ever received? You're not good enough. What is the best advice you've ever received? My mother, you're unbelievable. You will not be stopped. You'll get everything you want and you deserve. That's amazing. Sounds like your mom was a really, really strong woman. And I'm sure she'll be so proud of the show that you're creating and dedicating to her as well, Mommy's Boy. When is that? Uh, where are you hoping for that to come into fruition? So first, it's going to be uh, end of March, April, May, end of April, early May. Is it a TV series or is it like a comedy act? No, it's going to be a comedy act uh, uh, with pole dancing, with drag, with everything. Okay, amazing. That's all the questions that I have. I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast. I was so excited for you to come on. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to fail. I'm keen to fall. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Hopefully this won't be the last conversation that we have and we can have many more in future. Okay. We can help the Rainbow Nation and have these safe spaces. But I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Siv. And I hope that you have an amazing week. Thanks for the call. Thanks so much. Okay, cheers. Bye.